The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziegler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziegler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Ziegler. Ziegler. Inspiring true performance. This is Blake Lindsay again, and we are so glad to have you listen in to the Ziggler Inspire podcast. This week, we hear about some great sale principles to remember, and then Zig closes with a story. You know Zig learned long ago that stories are a great way to capture people's attention and to help people learn. Zig has mastered the art of telling a good story, and today he's going to share one that has all the sales skills that a person could learn from a small boy. Enjoy the story. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. The keys in closing. I talked about the fact that before you ever get there, you should already have made that projection. Uh, you need a positive projection that, yes, you are going to get that sale. Seconds, you need to have that assumptive attitude. You assume that when you get there, like we did on the uh, sale David Mezzer made uh, there in the pharmaceutical business, uh, he went in not knowing that this guy didn't buy. He was thinking he was going to call on the one who always bought. Man, uh, the sale was there. He took the physical action. In other words, he made the presentation. That's what Chuck Bellis was doing on that automobile. That's what the redhead was doing with me. That's what smoke and fire detectors salesman were doing. He took the physical action to get him there. It was done with a lot of enthusiasm. And in every case, a lot of questions were asked. And in each case, uh, they listened and we need to listen the prospect will tell us what will sell them if we will just listen to them. And that persistence is so important there because a lot of times what they're really asking for you, a lot of people don't want to feel like they've been a pushover. So instead of immediately saying yes, which they really want to do, they got to go home and tell their husband or their wife why they bought. See, you got to give people a reason for buying and an excuse for buying. 
And when you can put those two things together, your chances of making that sale are much better. And so when, the, when you've made the sale, then the post-sale is important. You need to keep on selling to let them know that they have made a wise, wise decision. Persistence does pay. The impending event. Now, we know right now, I know, and I think probably most of you know, that right now, prices are way, way down on so many things. I don't believe they're going to stay that way very long. I believe America is bouncing back in some ways. Does that mean that I don't think that uh, we got any more problems? Hey, we've got serious problems because we're against an enemy that we've never had before. But more and more people I'm talking to are telling me that instead of their business being down, their business is being up. They're doing things that they were unable to do before. The tax breaks are coming in. The lower rate of interest enables more people to buy something. No interest in a lot of cases. And so now the impending event is by now. Insurance people have been using this all the time. Inducement is the big key. Bill Gove used to tell a story that I think had so much merit. He would, uh, he represented, uh, he was doing some training for an automobile uh, company with a particular dealership. And before the salesman would ever attempt to close the sale, he would always take him back to his service manager and let the service manager explain to them what the deal was and why this was the best place to buy it. And the service manager would always end up by saying, uh, yes, we charge you a little bit more, but I'm going to look at you with these baby blue eyes and I'm going to tell you something. The difference in the service is worth infinitely more. You no longer worry. That worry is now ours. We will make the price difference that much greater. And Bill said they had the biggest business you can imagine. We do a lot of training for local automobile dealership and they've built distributorships and they've built their entire business on service. Uh, we're driving at our company since we do a lot of training for them, but also at our company we have several people driving their automobiles. Uh, you know, I called in and I said, I got a little problem. They said, bring it in and you can drive a new one out. I drove it in. They let me borrow a brand new car. You know what their purpose was on that. Uh, but the next day they called and said, well, your car's all ready. And uh, so I had the service. Didn't have any problem at all. Now for the redhead, they come out and get her car and take care of it that way. I mean, that's what I'm talking. That is an inducement. And sincerity is one of those things that really comes across. I can't tell you the number of times I've had people tell me over the years about stories where they've had their customers say, I don't know why I'm buying from you. I told a half dozen other people I wasn't going to buy for them. But you seem so sincere. And, you know, as you can probably tell by now, I love to tell stories. You know, the greatest salesman who ever walked the earth never taught except by parable. Uh, in the book of Mark it says, By parable taught he them, and without a parable taught he not them. That's in the book of Mark. Well, I like to tell stories. I often tell people, if you really want to know how to sell, get you a red-letter edition of the Bible. The letters of Christ are in red, and regardless of your religious faith or conviction or whatever, the greatest, most effective persuader ever known to man was Christ. You look in the Bible and you'll discover that every time somebody asks him a question, he either responded with a question 
or with a parable. So go ahead. I had a fellow one time talking about some Far Eastern religion at one of the seminars, and he was, uh, you know, very effective. Everybody was applauding him, you know, what he was saying. And, you know, you don't get up and say something ugly about another speaker and disagree with his beliefs. But when I got to this particular point, I said, uh, you get in there and you make this discovery that when a question was asked, you either answered it with a question or with a parable. So that's the way you learn how to ask questions and tell stories. And then as long as you're in there, you might as well get the answer because one day he's going to ask you a question. And if you get it right, you get to stay. Uh, that not only will take the pressure off of you now, but it'll keep the heat off of you later. Well, anyhow, uh, uh, he loved to tell stories. I love to tell stories. So I'm going to close this with a story that brings all of these uh, into focus. Many years ago when uh, Tom was uh, six years old, uh, we lived in Columbia, South Carolina. I woke up one morning. I needed to go to the store. I was in the cookware business to buy some things uh, to get ready for the dinner party. And as I walked in the room, I said, Son, would you like to go to the store with me? He said, Yes, I would, Daddy. He popped up, slipped his little boots on, and uh, in the car we went. We got down to the store, and uh, I turned to the right to the vegetable stand to buy the things there. My son had spotted a display of rubber balls right in front of him. He ran over those rubber balls. He grabbed one up, brought it over, and he popped it in the baskets, you know, and just stood there grinning. <laughs> he had taken, uh, you know, some very positive action. As a matter of fact, when I said, son, would you like to go down? Uh, what he was thinking, you bet I'd like to go down because I know if I get my daddy down there, he's going to buy me something. And so he had that positive projection. When he picked up the ball, he took the assumptive attitude that, yes, indeed, it was going to be a done deal. When he did that, I took that uh, little ball out and I put it back in his hand. I said, son, uh, what I want you to do is take the ball back. You've already got uh, a dozen balls at home. You just don't need another one. But he had already initiated a lot of things. He had taken the physical action with a lot of enthusiasm. And so he asked me a question. And he said, well, Daddy, can I, I just hold the ball? <laughs> now, what am I going to say? No, son, you can't even hold the ball. What kind of daddy would I have then? They're giving my boy an answer like that. I said, okay, son, but don't, don't get any ideas that you're going to own it. He said, okay, dad. He didn't want to buy the ball. He just wanted to hold it. However, he apparently wasn't listening because uh, about two minutes later, he came back and he popped the ball right back in the basket. And I picked it out again. I said, son, uh, I got to tell you, I admire your persistence, but I've already told you that uh, you can't have it. You got a dozen balls. Well, my son is an unusual young boy. So he persisted with that. And then he looked at me and he said, Daddy, he talked with a slight lisp in those days. He said, wish you buy me that ball, I'll give you a tiss. <laughs> now that's an impending event, and it is an inducement, and you're talking about sincerity. You'll never see a more sincere salesperson in your life than that six-year-old boy was at that point. And when we can combine a story with all of the benefits that go with it, there are many times when we come across as a sincere, caring individual. Now, you must keep the story short. You must respect the other person's time. But I'm telling you, the difference and the reason that most people don't make it is they sell only with their head. They leave the emotions out. So you've got to have them both. 
If you have all logic, you will educate the prospect and they'll buy from your competition. If you use all emotion, they'll buy from you, but 24 hours later, they'll cancel. But if you use the logic combined with the emotion, they'll buy today and keep the product tomorrow. I believe if you'll follow these processes that you will sell more and you'll be able to sell them again and again and again. Good luck. God bless you. Sell lots. Country's depending on you. And if you do, I will see you. And yes, I really do mean you. Not just at the top. Hey, I'm going to see you over the top. God bless you and thank you. I always get a smile out of that story. Because now that little boy Tom is the grown man who is the CEO of our company. And Tom is still a great salesman. Look around you. Are there stories you could be sharing with your customers? Stories of how people have benefited from the service or product you sell. Stories of how to use the products better. Stories that emphasize the value of your service. Don't underestimate the power of a story. I know Zig doesn't. I'm Blake Lindsay. Until next week, live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance. When it comes to storing what's important, you need solutions you can count on. And when it comes to long-lasting storage and organization, you can count on the Home Depot. Right now, you can save on durable storage solutions like the HDX 27-gallon Tough Tote. Its heavy-duty construction can handle any storage job you throw at it. And its reinforced lockable lid protects everything you can throw in it. Store more. Save more. Shop in-store and online at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.